big night for Jim Tomei, guys. 600 home runs. He Ma must Hall be a podcast listener. Yeah. Hall of Fame, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Yeah. Without uh, without any PED so, connections. Yeah, well, that's what we think. But, yeah, well, without any no connections. connections. That's okay. the key word there. So. Sure, there are a lot of guys with no connections who took some heads. Well, that is, that's a given. But yeah. I'd like to believe in Jim Tomei. Yeah, sure. Everybody likes Jim Tomei, you know? I like him. Yeah. Al, you like him? I like him, too, although I didn't like him too much on the podcast the other day. That's why I said he must be a listener. <laughs> oh. Went out and got mad. Did you say Laporta over Tomei? Is that what happened? Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, you know, Laporte he's is not, not going hit. to the Hall of Fame. No, no. Tomei's not going to hit two home we runs. Can, we can say that. Night. So it's Tuesday, August 16th. This is Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll take your emails on our podcast at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. Please put podcast in the subject line and follow us on Twitter at cbsfantasybb and facebook.com slash cbssportsfantasy. Thursday is our social media show, so we'll get to your tweets and Facebook comments on Thursdays. Here we go. Most added, most drop coming up later on, but let's start out with Delman Young traded to Detroit and pretty weird in his first at bat against the team that just traded him. He homers off Francisco Liriano. Value up, value down, value the same for Delman Young. Value the same. Um, he does go to a better hitter's park, but all season long, he's actually hit better at target field than he has on the road. He just hasn't produced much anywhere, so it's a nice start for Young. Uh, with the Tigers, but we need to see a lot, lot more from him. But could this be the spark that brings back the Delman Young of 2010? Or am I just being dramatic? <laughs> You're being very dramatic. The, yeah, I, I, it could be. I mean, any time a player change teams, it, it, it could uh, ignite something in it. We've seen it before. Uh, but the Delman Young of 2010 was probably a best-case scenario, and there is a lot of reasons why he fell off that you can see in the numbers, and it's not necessarily just a comfort or motivation thing. Well, Delman Young is owned in 58% of leagues. Would you rather own him or Cameron Maven? I would rather own Maven, and I think that's the first time I've said that in any context. <laughs> would you rather own Young or Brendan Bosch? Definitely Bosch. And Young or B.J. Upton? Definitely Upton. Yeah. All right, so you guys are not that high on Young. Is it time to drop Maglio Ordonez, who's now a part-timer? It is, yeah, because he was not producing anything as a full-timer. He'll produce even less as a part-timer. So at this point, even AL-only owners, I think, need to look around for some alternatives. All right, let's look at some first basemen here in 3-up. Three 3-up number two is Mike Carp. Number three first baseman in head-to-head -head leagues over the last 14 days, owned in 36% of leagues, and he just keeps on climbing up the ownership ranks on that most added list. Is this legit, Mike Carp? I, I I feel like we've been kind of on the fence about it, saying, yeah, you can kind of pick him up, but we're not really sold on him. I, I'm starting to believe more and more, um, partially because this is a guy I liked a lot in 08, his first year in the Mariners organization. He was coming off a 400 OBP year in the minors for the Mets, had a 372 OBP that year. I'm like, why does Seattle not believe in this guy? But his numbers kind of fell off. Seattle didn't believe in him. He kind of fell off the grid for me. But now it's like there's no way they can bench him. So yeah. if there, if that potential was for real in the minors, I mean, he's going to get his chance now long term. Yeah, and I think he's earned it. You know, Scott, you said something that kind of um, 
caught my attention because you said, you know, back in 08, he had a, that high OBP season. And that's the thing about Carp is that it seems like he's been kicking around for a while. So I'm actually surprised every time I see that he's only 25 years old. Yeah. So he's made some, some pretty big strides, especially in power hitting in the minors the last two seasons. He's at the age where you could expect that to happen. So right. I sort of have him branded in my own mind as, uh, you know, kind of marginal power guy at a power hitting position. But he has improved and he's young enough that you can believe that that improvement can be sustained the, the thing i really want to see from him that's that's going to sell me once and for all i, I got to see the walks get up in the majors because that that w- was the key for him being a prospect in my eyes the power's there now where are the walks we'll, we'll see if they come yeah and two home runs last night that's why he made the show a's first baseman brandon allen had two three has now had two three hit games in a row scott you quick pitched him not too long ago he's barely owned uh, do you like him in more than I think like the eight percent of leagues that own him? I, I think in most AL only leagues he needs to be owned. I like his talent and think he is going to get an opportunity with the Athletics much more than he did with the Diamondbacks. But the problem, uh, at least their manager Bob Melvin is saying Connor Jackson is right. the starting first baseman. Allen will be an option in the outfield. Well, you look at their outfield with Willingham, Crisp, and. I guess David DeJesus is nothing special, but but the point is he can't be an every Allen can't be an everyday player out there. So maybe back to back three hit games will have Melvin rethinking on Jackson, who really isn't any good. Uh, but for now, uh, low end Allen's still low end guy. Let's go to three down. David Wright is first in three down. Thirteen games in August, and he's hitting two hundred with one home run, six RBIs. And one stolen base. This is after hitting 455 in July, albeit not much power in July. Are you guys concerned at all about David Wright? Actually, I'm I'm a little bit um, happy about some of the things in his numbers because uh, the the strikeouts, which are something that we've complained about for the last you know year plus with him, they're down this year. Uh, they're they're going back in the right direction, and well, yet the power has been a little bit down too, but not not really significantly this year. Just to interject real quick, yeah. specifically. Since he got back from the DL, the strikeouts have been down. 94 bats, only 14 strikeouts, mm-hmm. which is better than even his best years. Right. So, you know, I think even if you count on things evening out, because you're right, he's sort of outdone himself since coming off the DL. But the, the overall season numbers still represent an improvement. Brian Wilson is three down number two. He blew a save Monday night. He gave up three runs. It wasn't a one-run blown save. Uh, he took the loss against the Braves. And, you know, I, w- I only bring it up because he had that back issue over the weekend. Any concerns about Brian Wilson's health? It doesn't seem like that was so much the issue. What is this photo we got? Him? He doesn't have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really old stock photo. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, Brian Wilson, <laughs> his, he was, his command was just off the whole game. He was throwing 97. Uh, even the batters he didn't walk. I think he went 3-2 on Ugla before he went 3-2 on Freddie Freeman, who got the game-winning single. So uh, he was just all over the place. And and whether or not the back is related to that, it doesn't seem like the Giants are, are, are saying that. So um, I would just chalk it up to as a bad outing. Yeah, by the way, our producer, Matt Brodsky, he's like a Photoshop expert. So there's a good chance there'll be a beard on Brian Wilson next time. <laughs> By the we time talk people about see this. <laughs> or that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh three down, number three, Jason Bourgeois. He was hitless Monday, only eight hits in August so far, and only one stolen base attempt, and he was caught stealing. So he's a speedy guy. You could 
you hope you can rely on him for steals, but uh, 32% ownership, he's not getting the job done right now. Yeah, and you can't steal bases when you don't get on base. So um, Bourgeois, I think he was clearly overperforming before. I mean, there's a reason why this guy's been in a few organizations and you know wasn't really a major prospect. So not too surprising, but you know the speed is for real. So he'll have some value in, in versus reformats, I think, as long as he's playing. But you'd like to see him get on base more. You can't steal first base, Al. You can't. They won't allow it. No, they just. Now you know they try, but you can't do it. Rotation time. Five pitchers who caught our eye from Monday's games. So Gio Gonzalez owners, Alexio Gondo owners. You might be a little concerned. Let's start with Gio. Another disappointing start. His last five starts: twenty-four runs over twenty-seven and a third. Uh, just my simple math says that's not good. Dropper stash Gio Gonzalez. He's owned in ninety-five percent of leagues. Stash. Still stash. have faith? I still have faith. And this last start, too, wasn't ridiculously horrible. Wasn't terrible. Gave up four runs. Um, but his command, actually, particularly by his standards, pretty decent. And that's the thing that people jump on Gonzalez about. And, and sometimes rightfully so. is just the poor command. Wasn't that bad last night. So, uh, you know, I think, I think he'll be fine. Do you like him better than Garza the rest of the year? No, but I'm pretty high in Garza. Hellickson. That's closer, too, because there's an innings issue for yeah. Hellickson. So I, I think I'd probably give uh, Gonzalez the, the nod there just because he'll get steady starts. Alexio Gondo is the second spot in today's rotation. Six and a third, four earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts at the Angels. And I think one of the things that we need to focus on now is, is who can we trust going into the postseason. And I think we'll devote some time tomorrow to that topic. But today with Ogando, and I'll throw Pineda in there as well because he struggled Monday too. And they're obviously, uh, you can draw some, some similarities between the two. Can you trust Ogando? Can you trust Pineda? I still trust Ogando. There is the risk, obviously, with him spending his whole first season in the bullpen, innings getting up there. That's always a concern for a, for a pitcher in that situation. But I feel like, for the most part, he's been just fine since the All-Star break. Only four times all season has he given up three more than three earned runs in a game. Two have happened to come in back-to-back starts, but you know this last time he wasn't blown out or anything. He actually won the game, so fantasy owners are happy they started him. Uh, and 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 that that's a whole separate issue. Obviously, Texas great offense. Yeah. Ogando doesn't necessarily have to be at the top of his game to be a good fantasy start. So I still like him. Uh, Pineda, I feel like we've seen a more not, well a, a steeper drop off yeah, yeah. from him and. He pitches for the Mariners, which, you know, completely different story there with the run support. Another good start for Ted Lilly. Would you drop either of those two to pick up Ted Lilly? He's owning 61% of leagues, and he's uh, pitching well lately. I would consider Pineda more so than for the innings concern than for some of his recent struggles. Pineda's had some very good starts, too, lately. Uh, the thing I like about Lilly is that after this week, I thought this would be a bad, bad start for Lilly. Uh, I thought this would be a bad week for him. But after this week, his schedule is actually pretty favorable. So I think for that reason, if you, were, if you had Pineda and you were looking to find a replacement, Lily be a good guy to stash until uh, Pineda drops off the, uh, off the radar. I'm still not crazy about Lily. His last three starts, he has looked like his old self, but he's lost all three. And That's true. The, the Dodgers just, it, it seems like they lose more often than they actually do. None of their pitchers, <laughs> other than Clayton Kershaw, have... Uh, good win-loss records. 
Uh, I think Hiroki Kuroda's on pace for like 17, 18 losses, something like that. And he has an ERA under three, so I, it's hard to trust Lily in that situation. But don't – but. They do lose a lot, you know. They do lose a lot, but it seems like they lose every game. Give them credit here. They they they, they, they had to lose. They had that six week stretch where they had like one or two saves, so we had no idea who right. their closer was. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Francisco Liriano, he's in the rotation. He went six innings. He allowed five earned runs, nine hits, and surrendered two homers. He's bad. Yeah. Yeah, Liriano's just been bad. Uh, he was bad at the beginning of the year. He was pretty good for about, uh, I want to say, two, two and a half months, and he's just been he's awful. Bad. He's just bad, so just don't use him. Drop him? Uh, in mixed leagues, drop him. For Lily? Yeah. For Jake probably, Westbrook? You could probably find somebody better than Lily, but yeah, Lily at this point I think is an upgrade. Westbrook, no. Yeah, he's um, next in the rotation. He's the ninth most added player in CBSSports.com leagues. Westbrook struggled against the Pirates Monday, owned in 42% of leagues. I just don't think Westbrook is was good enough in the first place. How many leagues did you say he was owned in? 42. 42, that seems high to me. I, I guess he had pitched a little better recently. Yeah, no, he's been on pretty good hot streak. Two-star guy this week. Still, a hot streak for Westbrook is, what, six innings, two, three earned runs. No, he's got Not. an ERA around three for the last, I want to say, six or seven starts coming in into this game against the Pirates. It's it's Which, not great stuff, and I didn't think uh, he was a recommended two-star guy this week, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not defending him. I'm trying to explain because I'm puzzled, too. Okay. <laughs> so we don't like Westbrook. We don't like no. Westbrook. No. We don't like Westbrook. We don't like Liriano much on this show either. So let's move on to the injuries, news, and notes. Not a lot today. Pablo Sandoval fouled the ball off of his foot. X-rays were negative. Any updates here? No. All right. Um, doesn't seem like a big deal, but got to check back and see. What is up with the Angels rotation, Al, now that Garrett Richards is likely headed to the DL? Pinheiro again? I don't think so. I would think I, we would see uh, Hisanori Takahashi probably before Pinheiro again, but Pinheiro is a possibility. I don't think they can really dip into the minor leagues at this point. They're It's pretty pretty barren right now. Um, so it's, it's a question mark, and fortunately it's early in the week, so we can track this for a few more days. Yeah, well, it's also getting late for the Angels. They need to start winning games, especially against the Rangers. They're falling out of the race a little bit. Uh, speaking of the Rangers, Nelson Cruz left Monday's game tightness in his quad, and he did not th- seem to think it was a big deal, but that's scary for Nelson Cruz. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up there. Uh I just assume he's going to go on the DL because he's Nelson well, Cruz. It's yeah. still way early, but yeah. Did you read the player update by any chance? I did. You did. So didn't he stay in the game after he hurt his quad and then took himself out when the lead yeah. was big? Uh, it's still uh, – th- that's what he says. I-, I still just have a hard time believing we can just kind of sweep a Nelson Cruz leg injury <laughs> under the rug. It's true. Uh, then how about Adrian Beltre? Ron Washington says he does not see Beltre returning before – September. So two more guys to talk about here. Do you have timetables on two elite shortstops? One is like elite-ish. Hanley Ramirez and then the elite one, Jose Reyes. Uh, Any timetables there? No clear timetables. Jose Reyes is still at least a couple weeks away. I think they're, they're... uh, I don't think he's even going to run till this weekend. And then Hanley Ramirez... I, I don't know. The Marlins were saying it wasn't serious all along, but he's not progressing at all. This kind of reminds me of the Josh Johnson situation where they apparently have no idea what they're doing with shoulders. But, um, I, I you know, Hanley Ramirez isn't going to be out all year, but I still think he's also 
he also might be a, a week or, or away or maybe even longer. Well, before we get into most added and most dropped, just a few more notes from around baseball. Jim Tomei did hit his 600th home run. He homered twice and drove in five Monday. He's only owning 7% of leagues. What do you think his value is? About 7% of <laughs> leagues worth. <laughs> All right, fine. If you, had a, yeah, if you had a utility spot, would you rather spend it on Brandon Allen or Jim Tomei? Deep, deep leagues here. I think Tomei probably more, uh, more playing time. Okay. So. Maybe. I mean, Allen has the upside for more playing time. Tomei's playing time is what it is. Yeah. So uh, if, if, uh, if it's a safety issue, which this time of year it often is, then Tomei is the way to go. Ryan Domit is hot. Since being activated from the disabled list, he's 10 for 23. Four for four with a three-run homer Monday. And Domit is owned in 14% of leagues, fellas. Uh, it it might deserve to go up some. It, the problem with Domit is he, he doesn't play consistently, and even though he's hot, I'm not I'm not sure it's going to change. The Pirates weren't high on him coming into the year. There was talk of him getting traded, and and I think they wanted his trade value to go up. That's that's the main reason they were playing him at all. He got hurt, of course. Uh, so I think uh, he's mostly just going to be a big bat off, off the bench. Gets um. Some a couple starts a week at catcher, that sort of thing. Moving along from Ryan Domit, Al, which pitcher do you like better in an AL-only league, Felipe Paulino or Tommy Hunter? I think I still like Paulino, even though he keeps disappointing. Uh, One but, and nine. Yeah, well, you know, he's that record's not going to be great pitching yeah. for the Royals, but uh, he just seems to be a bad luck pitcher year in and year out, whether it's the one lost record or, um, I mean, there's some guys who just have trouble with uh, stranding base runners. He may be one of those guys, but it could just be some persistent bad luck too. He just seems like he should be a better pitcher because he strikes a lot of guys out. Um, you know, his control is not awful. So I have to think at some point, I'm still believing in, in some kind of rebound here for Paulino. And finally, do you guys care at all that Reed Johnson is hitting 349? Mm, I have probably no. never cared less about a 349 <laughs> hitter. I know. Okay, so the most added, most dropped list. These are players that our fantasy owners clearly do care a lot about. Number one, Ivan Nova, up 24%. Now he's owned in 71% of leagues. Worth owning in that many leagues? I would say so. I've contributed to this rise for Nova, picking him up in, in my two shallowest leagues. Now that the Yankees say he's one of their best five starters, he's there in the rotation to stay at I think there's some upside, and, and really, even even discounting that, over his last 16 starts, he's 10-2 and two with 325 ERA, so uh, the Yankees are, are clearly uh, going to make him a, a, a useful fantasy option. It's weird, though, that he's 71% owned, and a guy like R.A. Dickey is below 40% owned. I, that, I still don't quite understand that, because to me, they're more or less equivalent in fantasy value. And Dickie got robbed of another win last night. Well, maybe that's why there's a big <laughs> yeah. discrepancy in the ownership. Yeah, it's Nova too big, just though. wins. Yeah. Uh, Randy Wolf is number three. Who do you like better, Nova or Wolf? I like Nova more because Wolf, uh, he's too back and forth, up and down for me to trust him in a given week, I feel like. I, I think Nova's going to have a little bit of regression. I, I see them as pretty equal. Their ownership rates are very close to equal. I think they're both back-end guys in standard mixed leagues, guys that you could trust some weeks but not in others. Would you drop Michael Pineda for Ivan Nova? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far. Okay, 
Number four on the most added list, Jose Constanza. He is hitting over 400, and he's owned in 29% of leagues. Uh, who do you like better in the outfield, Constanza or J.D. Martinez? I feel like uh, uh, Martinez is, is still the better way to go, and it's mostly a playing time issue. But Constanza, I mean, he, he's been starting alongside Hayward recently with Chipper Jones out, Martin Prado at third base. It seems like, even though it seems like he has to come out of the lineup eventually, it, it doesn't. It's not happening, and he's only getting better. Three hits yesterday. He's four forty-four with five steals and thirteen August games. So those numbers are getting harder for me to discount in, in roto leagues. If you need steals, then Constanza is the way to go. Number seven, Unieski Betancourt. I think he was on the list last week, Al, and you trashed him. I did. So I think I may have even said, you'll see him on the most drop list soon. <laughs> so I could not have been more wrong. Are you buying it into it anymore? Slightly. I mean, not really. Not Because it's just, again, he's a streaky guy. We've seen this act before. It's just a matter of time before he's somebody that you're not really going to be able to use. Did you guys see the Brewers triple play last night? I, I did not see it. Oh, man. It was awesome. <laughs> Although I'd like to see a, a slow-mo replay at home plate to make sure Matt Kemp was out. But assuming he was out, you guys see that replay, Al. It was great. It was certainly uh, unique. Not, yeah, very not cool. the standard triple play. So it was four, six, three, two, right? You have a better memory of it than I do. <laughs> I know sure. it ended at two. Yeah, I think I can... well, it was definitely three, two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. four, six, three, two. Yeah, I think that's right. Number f- number ten on the most added list, Henderson Alvarez. He is now owned in nineteen percent of leagues. Gave up four earned runs in five innings. Alvarez or Tommy Hunter? I'll give Tommy Hunter the, the nod here. Hooray. And uh, just like Scott to uh, help pump up uh, Nova's ownership rates with his additions to his rosters, I added Alvarez to every single one of my AL-only leagues. And, and started are you him disappointed? And got, nah, not, not too much. I mean, I, I knew that he was a risky guy, but again, we're talking about AL-only. You know, he was the last guy in, in all those rotations, so I pretty much... Knew there was some risk there. Okay. Are you going to drop him now? No. All right. Keep riding him then. Most drop list, number five, Doug Fister. He had a bad start Sunday. He got dropped in 12% of leagues. Is that an overreaction? No. I've contributed to this number also. <laughs> in fact, I think in both of those leagues, I dropped Fister for, for Nova. Nova. And the what makes it not an overreaction is that Fister, with his low strikeout rate and everything else, he was walking such a fine line there. He had to stay consistently good to take advantage of the move to Detroit and, and be a viable mixed league guy. And uh, even just an occasional start like this, it, it ruins the whole deal for me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You're done. Yeah. Number seven, Denard Spann. He missed Monday's game, and he's still dealing with the concussion symptoms. So should you drop or stash Denard Spann? I think if it's a situation where you can't stash him, it's, it's reasonable to drop Spann. Uh, he has considered just shutting things down for the season with this uh, scratch on Monday. You know, that still looks like a very possible uh, outcome. So, uh, you know, I think it's worth stashing him just to see how it plays out. But if you can't, I, I just think this is going to be one way or another a lost season for Span. Number eight on the most drop list, Tim Stauffer. He had a bad outing on mm-hmm. Saturday and he got dropped in 7% of leagues. Is that an overreaction? Well, given that he was at 77%, I don't... No, he actually was at 84%. Or, or, oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. So now he's down, well, so down to Even more so then, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because it was, what, probably about two months ago, it seemed like I was, maybe we both were 
you know, pumping him up a bit and think he was under-owned. But I think at this point he's probably a little over-owned. Okay. Michael Brantley, number nine in the most drop list. Dropper stash, Michael Brantley. Drop him. I'm surprised he's still owned in 71% of leagues. He's. I know he's not as good as several outfielders owned in less. Uh, Jason Kubel comes to mind. Josh Willingham. Brantley had a nice little run earlier in the year, but he's hurt now and, and hasn't been good in um, probably like five or six weeks. All right, tough guys. You ready for this one? Sure. Delman Young or Michael Brantley? Ooh. I think I I think I might go young because I feel like if either if if one of them's able to get it going, young would have the more upside of the two. Number twelve on the most drop list, Placido Polanco down six percent, owned in sixty five percent of leagues. Can you trust Placido Polanco? In a thin third base market, I think that's that's a little low, that number. So I Six, mean it's hard oh, it's hard know. it's hard to trust him, but I, I can't envision a league where i would be willing to start him right now just i mean he's, he's got a sports hernia and he's gonna try and play through it that seems like a lot to ask for a guy who's also has you know a disc problem in his neck i yeah. mean it, it seems he doesn't even sound certain that he's going to be able to play through it and if he does how effective will he be you know, I, I don't want to put anything past him because this is a guy who played with a fractured elbow in the yeah. second half last year. But That's exactly where I was going to go with this. I mean, he's he's done pretty well playing hurt. And, I, I mean, I think your concerns are all uh, – they're, clearly they're valid ones. But it's a question of what are your alternatives. And you well, know, can you trust him? No, but I don't know how many third basemen that you could you know replace him with are really that trustworthy either. Okay, some guys who might be available, David Freeze, I would take over him. Edwin Encarnacion, I would take over him at this point. Um, uh, Brett Laurie. I don't know how available he it's, is at this point. But no, Laurie, I, I would I agree. Think, I think they're both, I think Encarnacion and Laurie are both about 70% owned. So the, it's that's, close with Polanco. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing. I mean, those guys are all owned in more leagues than Polanco is right now. But if, if any one of those three were available, I completely agree that those are better options. Okay. Lousy third base. <laughs> it is Nothing. lousy. Let's quick pitch. Scott's AL player, Ryan Rayburn. Originally made my show notes, and then Scott was like, no, I'm taking Ryan Rayburn. He has a hit <laughs> oh, nine. Don't, don't fight now. <laughs> nine of his last ten games, two home runs, seven RBIs in those ten. And only owned in 15% of leagues. If only he played third base. Yeah, did you say 316 with two homers over his last ten? Was that? I did not say the 316. Yeah, I said two that's... homers, seven RBIs. That's a key for him. One of those home runs was yesterday. So the number again, 316 with two home runs, 10 games since August 1st. Looking back the last two years with Ryan, ba- Aber- Ryan Rayburn. At least I know how to say his name, Scott. <laughs> August 1st, from August 1st on last year, he hit 333 with 13 homers. And from August 1st on in 2009, he hit 342 with 10 homers, those strong finishes were what made him a sleeper uh, heading into this year and heading into last year because we saw that and said, oh, if only this guy would get every day at bats, he'd be a great fantasy option. Well, it might th- – I'm thinking now that's a matter of us confusing cause and effect. It's not so much him. It's more a matter of he's getting the at bats now because he's performing like this. And I think that's going to continue over the final – five weeks here 
Carlos Guillen back on the DL, so second base is open for him. Will Rimes went to the minors when Delman Young came back, so his only competition there, I think, is Ramon Santiago. Uh, it looks like Rayburn is going to be the guy at second base, and, and if this hot streak continues, if he, he matches his performance from the last two years, this time of year, he is going to be an impact player down the stretch in your fantasy playoffs. So if you need a middle infielder, Rayburn is a good guy to pick up. Would you drop Kelly Johnson for Ryan Rayburn? I don't think I could do that. Not no. yet. Not, Not yet. yet, no. Al's player is owned in 95% of leagues. He's Nick Swisher. He is Nick Swisher. Now he's benched in a few of those, so this is maybe uh, aim more at those folks that have got uh, Swisher on the bench. And he's he's been a hard guy to, to peg over the last couple of years. And I, I know we talked about him early in the season because last year he had this big boost in his batting average. I wasn't buying it at all. And yet this year he's got the batting average back up to 269 compared to last year's 288. So he's, you know, seems to have left those years of, you know, sub 250 averages behind. This year he's backing it up, though, because um, – He's been much more of a line drive hitter this season, whereas last year he was still, you know, the same fly ball hitter that he had been pretty much every previous year in his career. The power numbers have been down a little bit, but there's been a, a rebound uh, since the early months. So Swisher actually seems to be kind of bringing everything together and, and legitimately hitting for not a great average, but, a, you know, at least a decent average, which he wasn't doing early in his career. And I think the power is going to be there, you know, if not this season, if you're thinking, you know, keepers for next year, uh, you know, I think the the power could be there in, in 2012. So um, probably somebody who be should be starting in a few more leagues and somebody who maybe should be on some protection lists for next year. Scott's NL player, Lucas Duda, 18% ownership. <laughs> I, I what? what's so funny can't, camp town races it always comes to mind <laughs> i know he doesn't does. like that but hopefully he doesn't listen to this program or hopefully he does actually because we want everybody to listen <laughs> but lucas duda is a guy who has really impressed me recently you look you look at those numbers for the year they're they're looking pretty good now homers in back-to-back games um in his last 18 games which started when carlos beltran got traded to the giants Duda is hitting 310 with four homers in a 934 OPS. Obviously, now he's playing every day at first base with Daniel Murphy out for the year. But the point is, he's got a job from here to the end of the season. This is his big audition. He was a guy who um, consistently hit 300 with a 900 OPS in the minors, but scouts still had some doubts about whether or not he could be that kind of player in the majors. So far, it's looking like he can be and is. So uh, even though I can't see myself adding him in a mixed league because he plays the two deepest positions in fantasy um, and NL-only leagues, I think he absolutely should be in your lineups right now because uh, he could be in for a strong finish. And Al's going to finish it off with Carlos Marmol, only 88% of league, starting 79% Al. Yeah, and um, you know that makes him, at least in the eyes of fantasy owners, a little bit short of the elite level of closers. And I'm not really going to argue that he's as good as Papelbon or Rivera or Wilson, but um, he's been better lately. And he he had an utter meltdown about a month ago; just could not throw strikes whatsoever. And you know we've seen that with Marmol before, but in his last nine and two thirds innings, he's only allowed one run. The strikeouts are up. The walks are down. The ground balls are up. Everything's moving in the right direction. He's looking like the the better version of Carlos Marmol that we've seen more often than not over the last couple of seasons. So needs to be uh, starting in, in more leagues. 
So we'll move on to our emails and read a couple today at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. D is in Don, M is in Mattingly. So first email comes from Dan in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. Hello, dudes that are going to help me win my league. So he is looking specifically at weeks 24 and 25. Which pitchers do you think I should grab if I'm focusing on wins during the last two weeks of the season? Scott Baker, Jonathan Sanchez, and he puts the matchups in parentheses. I'm not going to read them, but Scott Nowell in their, you know, in their heads. Scott Baker, Jonathan Sanchez, Jeff Carstens, Doug Fister, Derek Lowe, Freddie Garcia, Philip Umber, Josh Colmenter, Edinson Volquez, Julio Tehran, Brian Mattis, <clears throat> and Jake Peavy. Uh, so you got to pick two, I think. That's good because I see a whole lot of guys here I don't want. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I don't see any guys I do want to be. Uh, well, one thing that, that does pop out is is Freddie Garcia um, because he does benefit from the run support that he gets from the Yankees and his matchups. Well, he's got some tough ones there. He does get the Mariners. I think uh, you know the Rays and the Jays are are you know probably winnable starts for him. So Garcia is probably going to be one of my guys. In fact, as I look at the list one more time, he definitely would be one of my final two. I don't know if you want to pitch in with another while I scan the list some more. Jonathan Sanchez has the Padres and the Dodgers. Yeah, he might be an okay speculative speculative pick to pick up. Scott Baker might be also. I I can't recommend him now because he's got that elbow issue going on but if he does come back and seems to be fine i could see using him his last uh two matchups would be against seattle and kansas city um so mentor uh, cole mentor has great matchups he does he does in fact as i've gone through the list one more time the guys i like the best is either number two or number three would be cole mentor and doug fister and this is just really focusing on wins here right yeah because you know we don't i don't love cole mentor but Gonna but probably get some wins against the Dodgers, just, Padres, boy. Pirates, and, and Giants. Giants. Great matchups. Colmenter seems like such a scary yeah. playoff pitcher. <laughs> well, <laughs> he could single-handedly ruin your season. <laughs> With the yeah, I know. And, and then the next question probably answers it. With the top guys you suggest, would you drop Jaime Garcia or Gio Gonzalez for any of them? Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah, so you might just want to stand pat. But congratulations on clinching your division and not needing to worry about fantasy baseball until the last two weeks of the year, uh, Jesse. Wants to know if he should drop Jason Bay for any of these players. J.D. Martinez, Jose Can't Stand Ya, Lucas Duda Right Thing, <laughs> Mike Carp, and Delman Young. J.D. Martinez, Jose Constanza, Lucas Duda, Mike Carp, Delman Young. Would you drop Jason Bay for any of them? I think I'd be willing to just take a shot on any of the four hot performers, Martinez, Constanza, Duda, or Carp. Uh, over over Bay, yeah. I, Carp would be my first choice. Over Bay, over Bay. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, uh, Duda's not my first. not Lyle Over Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Duda would be my first choice. Uh, All right, but okay, okay. Then we're done. Oh, God, you guys really don't like Delman Young. It's like he's fifth on that list for you. Pretty much. It's just if if Delman Young was hot now, it, he might be at the very top of the list. That's that's part of the reason for it. Okay. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about Tuesday's action and uh, hopefully help you kind of look forward a little bit. We still have some planning to do. (laughs) Uh, Post-podcast meeting, by the way. Free up some time, Alan Scott. (laughs) So that's it for today. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. And then Thursday is Social Media Thursday at CBS Fantasy BB, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. See you later.